0: All right, folks, here we have Chicago Bears Nation and Philadelphia Eagles Nation combining for a dual podcast. We got Matt Loopy of the Birds Banner podcast coming on with your host, Kevin Lapka of Bears Nation Chicago, to talk a little bit of a recap from this Bears Eagles game last Sunday. So, Matt, how are we doing?
1: Good. How about you?
0: Doing well. I mean, well, not that well, I got to say. <laughs> as a Bears fan, you can't be too happy with the performance you saw on Sunday. Bears lose. 22 to 14 in Philadelphia, kind of a messy game all around. It wasn't a clean game by either team, but Eagles do come out of the win. So Matt, you know, first takeaways coming off of it. There was a lot to go into it Uh, again, sloppy from both sides, but a few good takeaways from each side. So just right off the bat fresh, uh, what are some takeaways from Sunday's game in that
1: Eagles victory? Yeah, sloppy. Definitely got that right there Um, for my Eagles. Obviously, I think they started the game out pretty well, Um, didn't really get the execution down you know they got into the red zone their first two drives but it only came away with two field goals which I was kind of disappointed and it really came back to bite them in the end because the Bears were very much in that game um, going to halftime the Eagles seemed like they had all the control in the game but they were only up 12 points so the Bears could easily come back and we saw them you know put a couple of scores on the board and it was very with well within reach so um, I think just the execution on the Eagles' end, you know, they couldn't finish the game. They couldn't, um, I mean, obviously, they did they finish the game with a win, but they couldn't really put the Bears away when they could have and, you know, start out hot like they were supposed to when they had those drives they couldn't finish. And on the Bears' end, you know, credit to them for not giving up. You know, they were down, um, really had no momentum. You know, they're playing in Philadelphia. That's a hard place to play. And they came back and they tried to make this a game, which they did, but. Really, the second half was just sloppy on both ends and wasn't really, uh, you know, didn't really live up to the hype that most people expected to. But, you know, it was interesting to watch and a lot of things to take into account.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can give credit to the Bears for, like, coming back a little bit, getting 14 points there in the second half, which was nice to see. But the question for, I think, a lot of Bears fans is you know, where was that in the first half? And it's it kind of been the tale for the whole year for the Chicago Bears. I mean, they've they've been down trying to crawl their way back up in a lot of these games. And, you know, one of my keys to the game when I was doing the preview episode was, you know, the Bears got to get off to a hot start. And they didn't do that. They had like five or six straight punts. The Philadelphia Eagles defense had a complete answer for the Bears offense, you know, anything they tried to do. And, and I think that was a really interesting thing because, you know, quite frankly, the, the Eagles secondary isn't that great. And I, I, I know you can attest to that even as an Eagles fan. It's pretty well known that their secondary is a bit of a liability. It's still an okay unit, but it's a unit that people have attacked uh, thus far throughout the year. But with Mitchell Trubisky out there, it just seemed like Matt Nagy, you know, I I don't know how to say it, but, you know, they didn't attack that Eagles' secondary like I expected them to. I mean, you look at some of the wide receivers who have had success against the Eagles throughout the year, you know, you'd think it'd be a, a good game. Uh, for the Bears offensively from the passing attack, but that's a whole different story with Mitchell Trubisky. But I think uh, a, a huge storyline, which I talked about in the previous episode as well, was how will this you know up and coming Bears rushing offense that kind of saw an uprise uh, in the past few games go up against a very talented Philadelphia Eagles uh, front seven, their defensive line led by Fletcher Cox, and they. I would say dominated the line of scrimmage in that category. The Bears only, uh, Dave Montgomery only had about 40 yards rushing on 14 attempts. He did get two touchdowns in from the one yard line, but couldn't really get a lot of momentum and success from the run game for the Chicago Bears. So just looking at that matchup, you got the Eagles front seven versus that Bears rushing attack. What did the Eagles do correctly to hold the Bears uh, to under 100 yards rushing, which is a big component on why the Bears had a lack of success on offense?
1: Yeah, I think they just responded well to their criticism. You know, all season, like you said, the secondary was getting beat up. Even the defensive line, it was really suffering from some injuries and couldn't really pull together. But this was the game to really turn the season around. And although it wasn't the uh, in the fashion that Eagles fans wanted to see, they really, you know, got it done on defense. And the secondary all throughout the season, they weren't playing well. They were riddled with injuries, but they got some guys back with Avante Maddox, Jalen. Mills a couple games ago, and it's really coming together. Obviously, I think that Mitchell Jabisky could have um, had many more yards against this Eagles secondary. You know, they're bound to fall apart every once in a while. You saw that with the Taylor Gabriel uh, long completion, but yeah. other than that, it really wasn't um, anything going for the Bears passing game, which was obviously promising to see with the Eagles secondary finally stepping up. But the rushing game, you know, the Eagles have been known for a great run defense for the past couple of years, and my bold prediction on our podcast last week was that David Montgomery rushes for under 60 yards and although he had a great overall game that was true he only had 40 yards rushing and I think just the versatility that they have on the defensive front you know they got guys that, that can really stuff the line with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox but they brought in a guy in Gennard Avery at the trade deadline he only got 3 snaps but he got half a sna- half a sack and you know they got guys that are ready to contribute and they got um, a really deep defense that they can, you know, shuffle guys in and out. It's not the best defense that they've seen in the past couple of years compared to, you know, the Super Bowl team and last year's team, but they got a ton of guys that they can rotate through. Guys that have spe- very sp- specific uh, skill sets, so they can put them in and they can thrive in a given situation.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting. I mean, the Bears, the tail of their offense throughout the game. I mean, again, credits to the defense, the Philadelphia Eagles defense, for doing a good job stopping them. But, you know, the thing for the Bears is that when you go back and you look at it, it was just a lack of execution. I mean, you saw a lot of dropped passes. I think they're actually tied for first in the NFL with draw, dropped passes throughout the year with 11. Um, but, you know, you look at the screen play down there late in the fourth quarter that Dave Montgomery simply drops. They had the blocker set up in front of them. So for the Bears' offense, I mean, you know, they they didn't commit to one thing. You know, you could talk a little bit about balance. they were a little bit balanced on offense. But at some point, uh I, I would want to see more of aggressiveness from Mr. Trubisky down the field. And again, that's a different question on whether Mr. Trubisky is even capable of that. And I know Eagles fans don't care too much about that. But um, let's switch it to the other side. So Jordan Howard, kind of a revenge game for him. Uh, he's coming back. Uh, to play against his former team, the Chicago Bears, he finds the end zone, has a pretty productive day. And this is another positional matchup. He had 19 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown, an average of 4.3 yards per carry. But this was another positional matchup that uh, Bears fans noted throughout the week, that we noted throughout the week, was how will this, you know, again, uprising, I would say Philadelphia Eagles, a rushing attack, go up against a very, very good Chicago Bears front seven. And, you know, for the past few weeks now for the uh, Chicago Bears defense, it seems like they've kind of been losing that battle at the line of scrimmage, other uh, than exception of the Chargers game. So, you know, what did you see from that? I mean, obviously, we know that the Eagles' offensive line is talented. That's not uh, a question. But Jordan Howard goes against his form team, rushes for 82 yards. And, you know, their success rushing the football was a huge component in them uh, controlling the ball on offense and, and really controlling that time of possession like they did throughout the game.
1: Yeah, first of all, uh, thank you to the Bears for getting us Jordan Howard. That was a really underrated move this offseason that Eagles have been lacking that complete running back. But Jordan Howard, very, very underrated back. I think you can agree with that because his time with Chicago, he had the spotlight on him for about one season. Then it was taken off, um, especially like national uh, media wise. And people turn their focus to guys like, like Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott and Jordan Howard still was very productive but kind of fell uh, out of favor in the national media and the Eagles were able to take that into their advantage and take a very cheap contract with Jordan Howard and bring him into Philadelphia and he's been fantastic so far this year. He's not, you know, going to get you 150 yards on the ground every single game, but he's very productive. You know, he's on pace for 900 yards this season. He could very well get 1,000. I believe he has seven or eight total touchdowns already this season. You know, he's doing very well and this is a running back group that's getting mixed in with Miles Sanders their rookie running back so it's not like Jordan Howard is getting every single carry that he possibly can because he's still splitting it a bit and I'm sure you know this uh, very well but Jordan Howard doesn't you know like to talk too much he's very uh relaxed guy laid back but he told reporters after the game that he was running his mouth a little bit you know this was a revenge game for him because the Bears he felt very disrespected by the Bears last season they kind of pushed him aside and um to give Tariq Cohen a little bit more you know looks onto this offense, but Jordan Howard fell out of favor, ended up in Philadelphia, and he really wanted to show them that he's not only a threat in the running game, but he can do it in the uh, passing game as well. He's done that many times this season, and I'm really excited for what he brings to the table. I hope he stays in Philadelphia. He's on a contract year, but really good game out of him, and that touchdown was a great run, especially in the first quarter as well. Um, his run's the first quarter. He was finding all the holes and really you know, plowing through that Uh, Bears secondary and Bears linebackers and really get into the next level.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I think the whole tale of it was the offensive line just controlling the line of scrimmage. I mean, if you just watch that, uh, if you watch the tape of that touchdown in which Jordan Howard scored, I mean, you know, it's a wide open lane yeah. for him to get through. I mean, he was untouched, and that's just a, a credit to that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. I mean, the Bears right now lost to lost Akeem Hicks, excuse me, a few weeks ago, and, you know, people were saying, okay, it's not a huge deal because backups, Nick Williams, Roy Robertson Harris, stepped up really well in that initial game that he was out in the against the Minnesota Vikings. But now... You know, it, it seems to be a much bigger loss than people would have anticipated. You know, all of these games where rushers are having success, you know, Jordan Howard, one example. Let's Murray uh, another example uh, of rushers who have had success against his Bears front seven. So they have a few things to figure out. Um, on the defensive side of the ball in the front seven. But the secondary, it was solid throughout the game. But a lot of times, Alshon Jeffrey, former Bear, was dropping the football. I will will note that. And I know Eagles fans have expressed their concern about that. He had a great revenge game against the Bears in the playoff game. Uh, back in January, but not so much in this one on Sunday. Uh, and, you know, Carson Wentz, though, this is, you know, I would, another really tale of the game uh, and what basically led the Philadelphia Eagles to a win was the Eagles' success on third down. The Bears had no answer for, you know, a Dallas guard screen pass, a little bit of an option out route to uh, Miles Sanders on third down late in the fourth quarter, where if they, you know, get a f- third down stop there, the Bears could p- potentially have gone down to score a touchdown and win the game. So, that, I think, and it's something that the broadcasters kept talking about is how good the Eagles are in these third and short, you know, kind of third and medium situations. And it proved true in this one. And it ultimately uh, was the impact of the game. And Carson Wentz just was poised in the pocket and made the right throws. But the Bears defense did make some some good plays here and there. But uh, on third down, they really exposed uh, the Bears in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, all great points there. Having Carson Wentz as your quarterback, you know, you can never count him out even when it's third and 20 you know he can always make a play whether it's throwing the ball or even with his feet we saw that multiple times and late in the game especially as of recently those third downs he's making it happen himself because you mentioned out on jeffrey not catching the ball as well as he uh has in years past but you know deshaun jackson was supposed to make his comeback this week and then he ended up only getting five yards left the game after the first drive and then now there's speculation that he could be done for the season because he's getting a Abdomen injury uh, surgery tomorrow, and you know it was reported that the entire muscle was just ripped off the bone in the first possession for the Eagles. So really troubling stuff for the Eagles' offense. Zach Ertz was finally getting rolling, but it's not very promising now that wide receiver core because you're without Jackson for at least six weeks in my opinion. He's diagnosed between I've seen four to six, six to eight. It's really a question. Um, you got guys like Nelson Aguilar who is not playing well at all. Alshon Jeffrey's really falling off. The tight ends are solid, but the other wide receivers, you know, you got Matt Collins and J.J. white whiteside They're three and four options that haven't even got a reception in the month of October. So really, really troubling stuff out of this Eagles offense because Carson Wentz is making it happen himself. He's looking uh, to the receivers. He's trying to get the ball there, but they're not making it happen on their end. And I just want to ask you as an outsider, what do you see out of this Eagles offense? You know, you see Carson Wentz trying to make these plays, but who can they turn to to try to get some success and— you know, trust someone to actually make a play.
0: Yeah, I think the answer to that question was Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I mean, you talk about the Zach Ertz touchdown, which there may have been a push-off on, we don't really know, but the Dallas Goddard screenplay, uh, screen you know, we were talking in our preview about, again, the lack of uh, success from these wide receivers from Philadelphia. I mean, they they haven't been great, like you mentioned, and I, I don't even think, I saw a stat today, that there hasn't been a Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver who's, you know, caught a touchdown pass from over six yards in like a very long time. And, you know, we said, okay, this, this should be a pretty easy task for the bears secondary, which we know is so good, you know, to, to cover Alshon, Jeffrey Nelson, Aguilar and all these other guys. But, and, and we didn't talk, we didn't really pay too much attention to Zach Ertz. We said, okay, we, we liked the matchup with Roquan's minute, Dan Travation, those linebackers up the middle of Zach Ertz, but you know, he kind of ate them up all day and uh, you know, on that touchdown pass as well. So I think, you know, for the Eagles, that that's where they found most of their success when, when Alshon Jeffrey and some of these other guys were dropping the football, they said, okay, let's attack Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And they just kept going to that. I mean, that, that was their, ta- those two players were Carson Wentz top target, the game they combined for 13 receptions uh tops of the Eagles uh receivers so that I think was a huge huge mismatch for the Bears and you know Zach Ertz we know is a top tight end in the NFL that's without a question but I think it was, it was someone the Bears didn't pay enough attention to uh you know whether it was throughout the week game planning for this game they they clearly didn't pay too much attention to Zach Ertz and, and Dallas Guy, the two tight ends uh they ate him up all day but You know, some other takeaways just, you know, off the top of your head that you can think of from this game. Other huge factors that, you know, propelled the Philadelphia Eagles to a win. Do you have anything else uh, that you would like to notice that said, okay, maybe this is uh, what the Eagles had going against the Bears throughout this one on Sunday?
1: Um, I think just what I mentioned earlier about the defense, they really came to play. And we've seen this back when they won the Super Bowl. And then last year when, um, you know, Nick Foles had to take over the team again. The defense kind of had to propel this team into the playoffs and, you know, bring the, you know, revive an offense that was struggling because, you know, they were out without Carson Wentz for two seasons in a row towards the end of the season, and there was some struggles with the wide receivers, but um, the defense really held their own and prevented scores to, you know, help this offense put some points on the board and control the time of possession, and I think that was really evident. You know, the Eagles had. I think 40 minutes of time possession, and I think it's almost in, nearly impossible for a team to beat um, a team that has 40 minutes with the ball. That's just absurd, and uh, just control the line of scrimmage on defense. They were dominating. You know, David Montgomery couldn't get anything going. Mitchell Drabisky looked uncomfortable the entire game, and on offense, you know, they were all constantly getting to the second level. They got all pro offensive lineman on that team and they've been playing really well they locked up Cleo Mack you know he only had one good play was a pass deflection in my opinion um, really you didn't hear his name at all during the game and he was a non-factor and the Eagles are starting a rookie left tackle I thought they would you know try to match up Cleo Mack on Andre Dillard a lot more often because Dillard was he's been solid this year in the games that he has played but really suspect against good pass rushers I thought they would try to exploit that matchup but when Dillard was on Mac he really held his own and the Bears really couldn't get anything going on Carson Wentz he was sacked a couple of times uh, four times to be exact but that was more when he was trying to let the play develop I think um, all of them came with more than three seconds uh, throughout the play so really it was just Carson Wentz trying to look for more options and maybe trying to make it happen on his own but uh, it just wasn't enough for the Eagles to you know, hold up that line and let the Bears get to Carson Wentz and sack him.
0: Well, here's the issue for the Bears' defense, and this has been the issue all year for them, really, is they, when again, Philadelphia Eagles are on the field for 40 minutes. I mean, you can't expect a defense to do well at all. I mean, they still hold the Philadelphia Eagles to 22 points, but... You know, again, you you get worn down. You're out there. The offense can't do anything. I mean, the offense is out there for about a minute. You know, I'm looking at some of these first quarter drives. Bears offense first drive is out there for a minute 42. Second drive, they're out there for a minute seven. Third drive, they're out there for three minutes, three seconds. Fourth, a minute 42. Fifth, a minute five. Six, 36 seconds. I mean, it's just it's it's just, you know, how can you expect the defense to go out to the sideline for two minutes, come back and, and be at the top of their game? And, and everyone wants to talk about the Bears defense progressing. And yes, they haven't looked as good. But to me, the backbone of that issue is because the offense can't get anything going. So You know, going forward uh, for the Bears, you know, they just got to have more success on offense. And we've been saying it every week as a Bears fan, you're calling for it and you're saying, when is it going to change? And it really hasn't. Uh, But we we thought going into this game that. They would commit to this ground and pound mentality because the week before, you know, Dave Montgomery goes for 135 yards. And although they lost to the Chargers, it seemed like the running game was going to kind of be the formula going forward. And I know everyone who's a football fan watched Ravens versus Patriots last night. And that that's the way the the Ravens run their offense. And whether you like it or not, Lamar Jackson doesn't throw the ball that often I mean, he had I think 167 yards for a touchdown he was averaging like 7.1 yards per attempt last night and they blow out the Patriots um the best team in football so I think for the Bears and I think even for the Eagles you know this is for both teams here these are two teams with kind of dynamic backfields you got people who pose different things at the line of scrimmage you got Jordan Howard for the Eagles who's a downhill runner Miles Sanders a little bit different Darren Sproles obviously that kind of jack of all trades and for the Bears, you know, Darren Sproles, Ter- Tariq Cohn is the Bears, Darren Sproles, uh, Dave Montgomery, a little bit different. Mike Davis is a guy that he's probably going to get cut. Um, but I think for both of these teams, you know, you watch, like, for example, again, the Ravens, you know, you watch what they do. And if you're not having success with the receivers, uh, although Carson Wentz is very good, if you're not having se- success in the passing department, you know, commit to this ground and pound mentality. I mean, the offensive linemen love it. And with two teams who have relatively good offensive lines, although the Bears haven't shown it thus far, they still have talented players at that unit. I think that should be kind of a mentality uh, going forward, but more especially for the Bears. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's funny to hear you rant a little bit because the problems are in Philadelphia as well. You know, the offense hasn't been rolling the way that the you know, the team has expected it to because the Eagles are one of the most hyped offenses um, throughout the offense or off season. Um, And it was really a Super Bowl or bust for the season, but it's not really looking that way. And back on your point when you said it's tough for a defense to get rolling when your offense is, you know, having a minute uh, long drives throughout the game. But it's tough for an offense to even come back from that. If you're not getting anything going and, you're on the field for a minute, then you're punting, and then it just keeps happening over and over again. It's hard to, you know, break that rhythm. And I know it's um, definitely hard when you're away, especially in Philadelphia, and you can't get anything rolling. And then you come out the next possession, you're trying something different. But the Eagles were just, you know, unloading everything that they had every single play, and the Bears really couldn't um, fully grasp what they were going to try to do on offense to, you know, switch it up, get. You know, a couple more first downs. I believe they only had one first down the entire first half. So really a lot of struggles on offense. But that's very similar to the way the Eagles have been playing all year because they struggle with fast starts. They struggle with playing behind. All those things that you've said about the Bears. And um, it's definitely struggling for Chicago fans because they had a great 2018 season. Everybody saw that. Their defense was phenomenal. Trubisky looked good. They had a good uh, offense around him. Uh, Matt Nagy was really really looking good as a head coach and you know what do you see out of their regression as a team as a whole you know I think they uh, definitely didn't have a great offseason you know they lost a lot of big pieces but you would kind of expect Mitchell Trubisky to step into a bigger role the head coaching uh, and the coaching staff to you know build around this team and you know try to build upon a very successful season last year but really isn't come to fruition yet so what do you see out of this team and what would you like to do to change that?
0: Well, I mean, they didn't lose too much in the offseason. They lose Jordan Howard. But to me, Dave Montgomery is just as capable. I mean, behind this offensive line, especially the first five weeks, I don't really think any running back other than maybe Saquon Barkley and some of the more talented running backs, Christian McCaffrey, some more talented running backs, and leave would be having too much success. But that's cleaned up. And we've kind of seen as the offensive line has shifted uh, personnel. So the running game has propelled a little bit. So and then on the defensive side, you lose Adrian Amos, but you, you seem to, uh, at, at the beginning, you thought you got an upgrade in Ha Clinton Dix. You lost Bryce Callahan in the slot, but Buster's screen has filled in well. So I think that, you know, going over that, you're wondering as a Bears fan through eight games, what is the reason? And that's what everyone's searching for. If you, if you look at Twitter and you look at the media, it's a split everywhere you know there's 50% who blame it it comes down to two things there's no one blaming the defense there's not one person it's 50% blaming Matt Nagy in play calling and it's another 50% blaming Mitch Trubisky and right now no one really knows which one is more accountable for the, the the woes of the Chicago Bears. I mean, really, when you when you look at it, it, it the defense is out of the factory. They they haven't been great, but again, for all those reasons I mentioned, when you're on the field so much and yada yada yada, it really comes down to the offense. And even when the defense does a bad game, which is going to happen, you got to expect your offense to come out here and, and score more than 20 points, uh, or more than 25 points, in case your defense, in the rare event that they do, lets up 20 plus points. So, um, you know. It, it, th- that's the thing, right? You talked about a Great 2018 season. And they were only supposed to get better with a, a second year offense with Matt Nagy, a third year of Mitch Trubisky's career, second with the offense. You, all, all you expected was for them to grow. And that's why they were rated as one of the top teams coming into 2019. But, you know, I, I think for Mitch Trubisky, and this is something we all talk about, the issue is he just can't gain any momentum and he can't gain any confidence. I don't care if you're Tom Brady, if you're. Any great quarterback in the league, if you can't gain confidence and you can't be aggressive, you're not going to be successful. And we haven't seen any of that from Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, we saw the one uh, 53-yard play to Taylor Gabriel, right? But throughout the game, I mean, he he just wasn't being aggressive. But then that's where it comes back to it. It's like, okay, is Matt Nagy? not calling aggressive plays because he thinks he's limited or is that Mitch Trubisky just feeling uncomfortable and scared in the pocket. And that's where, you know, no one really knows right now. So as a Bears fan, that's what's so frustrating because there's not a clear fix. There's not a clear fix to the issues. Whereas other teams, it's like, okay, maybe if we tool one thing around, we do this, we do that. Maybe we'll be successful in the future for the Bears right now there's not a lot of answers at 3 and 5 and and uh, at this point you know it's what we say at the at every podcast we do is you just got to hope <laughs> you just got to hope it gets better because there's we haven't seen anything that's going to make us think something's going to change so uh, as a bears fan at 3 and 5 you know it, it's just again you were expecting so much i mean i think for both of these teams th- these are two teams here in the chicago bears and the philadelphia eagles where you're expecting NFC championship, Super Bowl type aspirations coming into the year. And although the Eagles are still above 500, they're not having quite the year that they'd expect to have as well. So I guess I'll ask you uh, the same kind of question at five and four. You know, what what is your outlook on the Eagles here? You know, two weeks ago, I'm sure a ton of Eagles fans are pretty scared at three and four. uh, You know, again, this Bears game, I'd say for both teams is kind of the game to save each team season the Philadelphia Eagles were the one who came out with it. But even at five and four, you got the Cowboys playing right now Monday Night Football. They're still leading that division. Uh what's been going on with them and outlook for for them? You know, they turned a three and four team into a five and four team who's very much in contention. What's the future for them?
1: Yeah, yet again it's very similar problems, you know, the entire Eagles team as a whole was struggling. It started at the coaching staff, the training, uh the medical training staff, you know, the injuries were just absurd at the beginning of the season, but they're finally- getting guys back um the defense the secondary we touched on that earlier was just they were making every single quarterback look amazing out there all the quarterbacks i'm sure uh their first five weeks all those quarterbacks have played the eagles that's going to be their season high in yards or touchdowns or whatever um but it's finally coming together you know you're getting a lot of guys back from injury you're boosting the defense with that trade and getting more guys back you know Developing everyone, developing the younger players. The offense looks better because they're trying to, you know, figure out who can we rely on. Uh, we touched on that earlier because the Eagles' receivers haven't been doing very much at all, so they have to rely on Zach Ertz and the running backs. But now that they're a run-heavy team, they look a lot better on offense. But the thing that really stuck out to me, and I'm sure you heard it a lot as well, but um, not having Deshaun Jackson, I know it's troubling having to re- rely on a 32-year-old wide receiver. But that week one game against the Washington Redskins, he had over 150 receiving yards, two touchdowns, and it really showed how electric this offense could be. And then he um, had an abdomen injury and was really a mystery because Doug Peterson said, oh, if it was a playoff game, he would be finishing that game. But um, you know, a couple weeks later, you still don't really know what's going on. And then finally in week nine he comes and plays against the bears and like i said now he's going to go under uh take a surgery and might be after the entire season so having him and that explosive deep threat not on your team is really hurting this offense and i think that ties in with the coaching staff a little bit too because the coaching staff has to play to the advantages of all these players time after time you're seeing the slot receiver and nelson aguilar run deep routes and he just can't track the ball as well as Deshaun jackson can and if you're trying to shift everybody around just to adapt to what one player, uh, what you're missing out of Deshaun Jackson, then the whole offense is looking off. You're trying to ask too much out of Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey, Dolphins aligned, Carson Wentz. Everybody's just uncomfortable. And I think the Eagles definitely need to make a move. And uh, they have a bye week this week. So they definitely need to make a move and figure out what they're going to do with this wide receiver group because not having De- Deshaun Jackson, you know, Right now, you know that for sure. He's out for several weeks. Going into the season, um, you know, week two, three, four, you didn't know how long it was going to be. So now that you know official time frame, you got to make a move because they're not going to survive with you know these adamant uh, wide receivers that are getting you know. Looking back at the stats, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, you expect a lot of out of, a lot out of him every single game, 36 yards. Miles Sanders, the running back, is getting 31 yards. You know, he's been good in the passing game, but you can't rely on a running back all the time. Nelson Aguilar with 21 yards, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz really uh, carried the load for the Eagles as tight ends. But it just starts with the offense. If they can't get things rolling, the defense can't hold up against, you know, the Patriots, the Seahawks, who they have next to their upcoming schedule. So I think they really need to figure out who they're going to, Bring in, and the coaching staff needs to go back to the drawing board and figure out what are we going to do to, you know, play to the strengths. Are we going to just become a power football team, running the ball and throwing to tight ends? I think that's the best option, but you're not going to last in the playoffs if you don't have a deep threat.
0: Yeah, I think you know you just brought all that up, and it sounds very much it's a very similar situations for Chicago Bears and the, the Philadelphia Eagles when you talk about simply the offense having to produce more so the defense can produce more on their on their end. And, you know, maybe the solution again for both of these teams, and that's why I think it's so interesting is, uh, you know, just where we're at right now, both these teams are in very similar situations and both are looking maybe to go into that ground and pound power football type offense, just because of the lack of success and, in, in, in uh, you know, the West coast offense that these head coaches like to run. And I think for, you know, for Matt Nagy, I know for sure, this is, and for Doug Peterson as well, he doesn't want to run, I don't think either of these coaches want to run a ground-and-pound power football-type offense. They just don't. That's not what they're accustomed to. They want to spread everybody out and, and have guys fly down the field, like you mentioned to Sean Jackson and whatnot. But, when that's not working, you got to be able to adjust. And I think that's been an issue uh, for Matt Nag in his career. And maybe it's been an issue for Doug Peterson as well, is is just, you know, having to adjust given the scenario and given the situation. You look at some of the greatest head coaches of all time, it's not necessarily about how good the plays that they draw up are. I mean, you look at Bill Belichick, what is he go- so good at? He's so good at adjusting. and He's so good at preparation. And I would just like, I think, for both these coaches to see a little bit more of that. How are, how are these guys going to adjust going forward when there's failure at some point on the team. So uh you know hopefully at three and five, well I I wouldn't say hopefully. I I don't I don't necessarily want the Philadelphia Eagles to win out here and I can't say that. (laughs) But for both of these teams right here, uh, sitting um, I, in the hunt right now, I think the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, I don't know if they would be slotted for a playoff spot. I would, I would not think
1: so. Um, I mean, they're but technically they're, one they're game right ahead right now, but the if the, the Cowboys wild win, the Cowboys take over.
0: Oh, well, right, 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 right. Of the other of division. Right. And yeah. they're playing right now, but you know, both of these teams are in the hunt right now. I'd say for a wild card again, if the Cowboys win, we'll see what's going on. It's three, three right now in case anyone, anyone cares, but, um, you know, going forward, both these teams, Bears 3-5, Philadelphia Eagles 5-4. They're, they're going to be teams that are going to need a bit of a turnaround and maybe uh, make a little something happen. And I think for both teams as well, the schedule doesn't get easier. Uh, I know the Philadelphia Eagles have to play the Patriots. they got to play the Cowboys again. There are some tough tasks, and the Bears have a tough task as well. They play the Rams. They uh, still have to play the Packers one more time, the Vikings one more time. It's not easy for either of these teams, but let's hope that, um, you know, Again, both these teams can kind of figure it out, uh, respectively for the Eagles, respectively for the Bears, that their head coaches adjust and just commit to a a style of football that that they can utilize going forward and something that works for their team instead of keep trying and pounding things into the ground that don't work. Um, And that's a little bit of what we've seen from the Bears. But uh, Matt. Thanks for coming on. Although yeah, uh, I'm not a I'm not an Eagles guy, I wish him a little bit of uh, success and luck. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see anybody fail. So
1: <laughs> because <laughs> I know there's Eagles well.
0: fans, listen, I can't be too mean. I know how ruthless <laughs> they <this day> are.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. But yeah, thanks for coming on a uh, Birds Banner podcast, right?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Yeah, so make sure everybody checks that out. We'll be putting this out all throughout Twitter. This will be a part of Bears Nation Podcast and uh, Birds Banter Podcast. So, again, we appreciate Matt coming out. This is your host, Kevin Lanka. Thanks, guys, for listening, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. All right, I'll stop this recording.